welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. morning 9 30 service how are we feeling are we good it's so it's such an honor to be preaching here uh, at the 9 30 service the 9 30 service is always clearly the most spiritual service because I mean you woke up at three you've been praying and fasting and and uh, you're here at the, you haven't gone to bed yet you're here at the 9 30 and you're just going to go to lunch right after this service and so it's great to be in the spiritual service. Come on, somebody. Uh, but really, before we go any farther, I just want to say what an honor it is to be preaching uh, this weekend. And I want to give honor to whom honor is due. And so I want to give honor to our lead pastor, Pastor Rob and Becca, and our executive pastor, Pastor Darren and Jane. Can we give them a huge hand of applause? We have incredible leaders here at River Valley. And it's just such an absolute honor uh, to introduce myself. My name is Davey. Uh, I'm a youth pastor. Uh, pastor Darren said that I wanted to grow up too quick, and you'll find out real quickly that I haven't grown up that much. So we're going to have some fun. Uh, I'm one of the youth pastors, and my, my entire family, I would like introduce all of them, but there's about a thousand of us. Um, so I'm not going to do that, but I will say that I am related to Ryan Williams. Hello. Hello. He's my brother-in-law, and uh, I am preaching on Cornerstone, but I do not sing like Ryan, and if I was to sing Cornerstone, you would all throw a stone. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but I would like to introduce my beautiful wife. Could you wave? Nicole, uh, can you give her a hand? She's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, and that, uh, that clock is ticking. So, uh, hey, why don't you grab your Bibles? We're going to jump right in. Uh, grab your Bible if you have one, uh, and if you don't, it's going to be up on the screen as well. Uh, and I'm so excited to preach this word that we have this weekend on Cornerstone. And we're going to start um, in Acts. We'll actually start in Acts chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, you should get one. I'm telling you. Paper Bible is the way to go. If you have an iPad, iPhone, I, I dare you to cast out a demon with an iPhone. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> So, Acts chapter 3, we're going to pick up a story, um, and it's where, where Peter and John are on their way to the temple to pray, and uh, they notice this man who is crippled. He's been crippled since birth, the word says, and the man asks them, do you, do you have something you can give me? Do you have any money, uh, anything that you can give me? And it's this famous verse in Acts chapter 3, verse 6, that's that uh, it says, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of if you have your Bible out, underline the word name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And so after he does that, the man jumps up, 
this man who's been crippled since birth, he jumps up and he starts dancing around, running, running all over the place, praising God, so excited. People are wondering what's going on. And, and Peter takes that opportunity to essentially preach the gospel to them. He preaches the gospel to them, taking every opportunity that he can. But the religious leaders of that day, the priests and, and the Sadducees, they were not happy about that. They were not pumped that, that, Jesus, that uh, they were preaching Jesus uh, in their temple and in, in, in that area. And so they essentially arrest them, bring them into custody, and put them before the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin is essentially uh, the Jewish leaders, the, the religious supreme court, if you will. And they begin to question them. And so we're going to pick up this story in Acts chapter 4, verse 7. And it says this, And when they, they being the Jewish leaders, had set them, them being Peter and John, set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name, there's that word name again, by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name, there's that word name again, no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I want to preach a message to you real, real quickly uh, and, and if you're taking notes, uh, and you should be taking notes, and if I have any of my youth group students in here, they can tell you why you need to take notes, because you get a better seat in heaven. <laughs> right, students, right? If you're taking notes, uh, you should take notes. Uh, write this down. The, the title of my message is Jesus, our cornerstone, no other name. Jesus, our cornerstone, no other name. Let's pray. Jesus, we need you today. God, I pray that you would have your way in this place. I pray, God, that this would be more than just a sermon, more than just another weekend, but you would show up in a supernatural way and you would change our lives. God, we thank you for your word that when it is preached, it does not return void, but it gives bread to the eater and seed to the sower. And so I pray that, Jesus, we would encounter you today and we'd never be the same. And God, I pray that the Vikings would someday in my lifetime win a Super Bowl. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So a cornerstone is, is a building term. It's, it's a term used when laying a foundation. And I am not any bit of a builder or a construction worker. I don't know if my genes give that away or not. Um, but I am not a handyman in any way, shape, or form. And I, I find it kind of funny and slightly insulting that I've, this is only my second time preaching on a weekend and both times I've preached on a weekend, it's been a topic that deals with construction and being a handyman. And my first thought when I got the, my first thought when I got the, uh, the topic of Cornerstone, my first thought was the game Jenga. Like, that should tell you that I am not a builder in any, in fact, a story. Uh, when I graduated from high school, my, my best friend and I took a road trip to Florida. And uh, that was probably our first mistake. Um, Took a road trip to Florida, just me and him, and uh, we were just going to surf and have fun and, and just hang out, but uh, his, his uncle was a construction worker, and so we had an opportunity, hey, we could make some money while we're down here, and that'd be really cool. It's just building stuff, and it'll be, it'll be easy, so I'm like, oh, cool. Well, 
we were building for about two minutes, and I had broken two tools of one of the other builders already. So they didn't let me build anything anymore. So I grabbed a bike, and I was just riding around the construction site, whatever, having a good time, goofing around. Um, and I ended up going down what I thought looked like a really cool thing to bike on, but what happened to be the builders actually laying the foundation of a home. And so they're laying this foundation, and I totally messed it up. Like, they legitimately had to start over on this whole project. And I messed it up, and the foreman that was at the job site, he, he grabbed me by my shoulders and pushed me up against his truck. And he said, um, I can't really say exactly what he said, um, <laughs> I mean, this guy was using words, cuss words that I've never even heard before. And, and I went to public school, okay? So he was using these words, and he essentially pushed me up against the truck. He said, if we get the laying of this foundation wrong, this whole building is done for. And the same is so true about our lives. See, because we are the building. The old way of worshiping back in the time when this was written, the old way to worship was only a few people, select people, could go into the temple and even a more select few could go, we need to be as strong as Jesus, our cornerstone, or be equal to God's strength. And that's a beautiful thing, that we can come to him weak, we can come to him broken. Paul, the apostle Paul, was dealing with an issue, a weakness that he had, and he was asking God, what do I do with this? And Jesus says to him, in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. We can come to him in our weakness. Come on, what are you carrying that you don't need to carry anymore? What do you need to lay and let the foundation, the cornerstone of Jesus support in your life? See, the cornerstone was not only built upon and supporting the, the structure, but it was also the position of the cornerstone defined and, and created the position of the entire building. See, the, the, the cornerstone was, was the principal stone that was laid down, and all other stones would be set in reference to the cornerstone. Creating the building in the shape and direction that the building was supposed to be built. And the same is so true in our lives. See, when we have Jesus as our cornerstone, our life should be built and should look a certain way. Jesus says in, in Matthew 7 that you know a tree or you know a person by their fruit. And you might be wondering, why, why am I still doing, dealing with these things and why do I still have these issues? What's, what's going on in my life? You need to make Jesus your cornerstone because when you make Jesus your cornerstone, he guides you and positions you in the place that you need to go. It's time to make Jesus our cornerstone. When you make Jesus your cornerstone, you can read through the Gospels and see yourself becoming more and more like Jesus. The cornerstone does so much in our lives. It is what we build upon. It is what we are supported by. It does everything for us. It is, it is the very direction of our lives. But when you are built on the cornerstone and your life is supported by the cornerstone and your life is directed by the cornerstone, you experience the empowering that comes by the cornerstone the power that is in the name of Jesus. And as the band comes out, I want to close this up by going back to the story that we were reading at first. Peter and John were living a life founded on the cornerstone of Jesus. 
And we see it's so clear, it's so obvious. They were on their way to the temple to to worship and to pray. and, And they noticed this man. And when they saw this crippled man, because they had Jesus as their cornerstone, they saw the situation differently. Peter and John are standing there, and there's no doubt in my mind that they probably flashed back to teachings of Jesus. Like in John 14, 14, when he says, ask anything in my name, and I will do it for you. And so he's standing there, and they see this crippled man. And they no longer see an obstacle, because when you do not found yourself, and you do not have Jesus as your cornerstone, there are obstacles that come up in life that you cannot overcome. But when Jesus is your cornerstone, what may be an obstacle to a man is an opportunity for Jesus. And so they look at this man. They look at this crippled man, and they see him, and they see him differently through the lens of a cornerstone named Jesus. They see him that way. And when when the man asks them, do you have anything that you can give me? I need some money. I need some food. I need anything. I guarantee you that Peter was not going, oh, doing that, you know that pat down? Like when you're at the grocery store and you forget your wallet and you do the pat down. For some reason, you check all your pockets like three times, like it might miraculously show up. I guarantee you he wasn't in his robe and sandals patting himself down trying to find his wallet because he knew I might not have what this man wants but I have exactly what he needs and he said in the name of Jesus stand up and walk and the man got up and he began to run around praising God because they gave him the greatest power that anyone can give in the name of Jesus. I don't know what your situation is today but what may seem like an obstacle for you is an opportunity for Jesus. Come on, somebody. Can we stand all across this place as we close? As we close this series on the names of Jesus. It's so easy for us to know Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. And those are great and it's correct. But through this series, we have seen that He is so much more. He is so much more to us than just our Lord and Savior. And I want to declare to you and declare over you and prophesy over you to this morning, that 9.30 service, what Jesus wants to be in your life. Jesus is your shepherd. He is your advocate. He is your mediator, your bridegroom, your conqueror, your lion, your lamb, your sacrifice, your manna, your smitten rock, your living water, your food, your drink, your good and abundant land, your dwelling place, your Sabbath, your new moon, your jubilee, your new wine, your feast, your aroma, your anchor, your wisdom, your peace, your comfort, your healer, your joy, your glory, your power, your strength, your wealth. Come on. Is anybody relying on Jesus to be their wealth today? He is your healer, your joy. He is your victory, your redemption, your prophet, your priest, your kinsman, redeemer, your teacher, your guide, your liberator, your deliverer, your prince, your captain, your vision, your sight, your beloved, your way, your truth, your life. He is your author. He is your finisher. He is your beginning and your end. He is your all in all. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yet he is new every morning. Can we lift our hands all across this place? 
and there is healing in the name of Jesus. There is wholeness in the name of Jesus. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, can we sing? There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift it up. There is power. Can we give Jesus a hand of praise in this place? Hallelujah. I'd like to invite the prayer teams to come forward at this time. I love what Pastor Rob says to his sons, Connor and Logan. Never ever miss an opportunity for prayer. There is always something that God can do in your life. And every weekend with these prayer teams, miracles happen. Lives are changed. Jesus does what only he can do because they believe here and they're going to agree with you in the power of the name of Jesus. I don't know what you're going through this weekend. It could be big, it could be small. It could be a healing, it could be a financial need. It could be a lost son or daughter that has run from the Lord. It could be yourself and you've run from the Lord and you want to begin to build and have your life supported by, positioned by, and empowered by the cornerstone of Jesus. So I'm going to pray real quick. When I say amen, I want you to come down to the front. Receive prayer for whatever you may need. Jesus, we thank you that today you have done what only you can do, and that's change lives. I pray that our faith was stirred up. God, I speak healing, wholeness, freedom, and whatever needs may be represented in the power of the name of Jesus. Would you do what only you can do? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being at the 930 service. As Pastor Rob says, have a great week serving the Lord. Amen.